Good morning, everyone, and thank you for coming to Convocation this morning. I have three questions for each of you. Where might you go? Where are you going? Or where have you gone? Where might you go? Where are you going? And where have you gone? My name is Byron Peachy. I'm the director of intercultural programs. And along with Linda Martin Burkholder, we make up the hub of the intercultural program here at EMU. And our office has moved <clears throat> from last year. It's located on the first floor of the campus center on uh, the south end of the building next to where the first year advisors are. Now you may be uh, someone who's thinking, I need to know more about what an intercultural experience is like. And if so, we're glad you're here. You'll know more after our, convo our convocation today. And if your main question is, where might I go? Well, that's why I have a globe here this morning to entice your imagination. You're welcome to come up and take a closer look afterward if you'd like. I'll pause just a moment. Come on in, folks, if you're just coming in. Lots of room up front. Um, but you might also say, what are my options and how do I get there? We're currently beginning the process of receiving applications and holding information meetings for our intercultural programs for this coming summer and for the fall of 2023, a year from now, fall of 2023 semester program, which will be an arts and theater and music focused trip to Central Europe and England. But today, we're going to hear from folks who can answer the question, where have you gone? These are reflections from student experiences this past summer. They went to Ghana. Two different groups went to Spain. And some went here to the amazingly diverse Shenandoah Valley. And then there will be a couple trips who there is not someone speaking. You'll see photos from the A Women's West trip and from our Washington Community Scholars Program in uh, DC. We'll begin with some photos and music and then you'll hear from our students. Hi, uh, my name is Zach Bauman and I am a senior here. My name is Peter Kratz and I'm also a senior. My name is Hannah Landis and I'm a junior. So I will be giving a brief overview of our trip. Um, the first week we spent it in Madrid studying culture of Spain, um, but also learning about Madrid and the history of Spain, taking a day trip to Toledo, the capital of Spain for about a thousand years before Madrid became the capital. In Toledo, one fact I heard, one fact that kept ringing or coming to me throughout the trip um, was uh, one that our tour guide and archaeologist said. In this church, 
there are two Jewish kings, David and Solomon, protecting a sentence from the Quran saying, in the name of Allah, let there be peace in a 14th century Christian church. He spoke about how this image shows there was peace between the three religions at the time. When traveling, we then traveled south to Cordoba where we stayed three, two nights during uh, where we visited um, the cathedral, a mosque cathedral. Um, this was a super unique place because the cathedral was built inside of the mosque. Um, and so that uh, picture uh, was up in the slideshow. Uh, we then uh, trained to Valencia where we stayed in host homes and went to a Spanish language school at Toronja. We then had five days for free travel where people from our group went to Barcelona on the west coast and San Sebastian and Llanes in the north of Spain. After free travel, the group met up in Via Viciosa for the last week. There we hiked some of the Camino de Norte and did other activities such as kayaking, visiting a cideria, surfing, and of course, we had to play a disc golf course. During our three weeks in Valencia, we studied at Toronja, a Spanish language school in the center of the city. Toronja focused not only on the Spanish language, but also on how cultural interactions operated in Spain, as well as the history and activities of Valencia. We were split up into classes based on experience that met for four hours every day, alternating between the morning and the afternoon, with a short break halfway through that most of us happily used to acquire coffee and pastries at a nearby and somewhat overpriced cafe, or run over to the Mercadona for much more affordable sustenance. The class I was in was taught by two different teachers, Yara and Salva, who instructed us in the subjunctive, the history of Spain, and current educational opportunities in the country, and led us in field trips and games. My favorite class memories included playing werewolf, debating the arte o arte qualities of certain bizarre food-related music videos, and passing around the banana that Jackson had brought to class to cover it with doodles and signatures. The school also arranged various outings for us, including paddleboarding, museum trips, and cooking and dance classes that we all really enjoyed. And then the last week was spent in Asturias with Bruce um, and Merle Bundy, who were retired U.S. mission workers. And uh, they allowed us to stay in their um, large Airbnb about 10 minutes outside of Via Viciosa. And so there we spent the first three days that we had hiking parts of the Camino de Norte. And during the hikes, we, challenged to, we were challenged to think inwardly about ourselves and our purposes in life. And then also uh, we had the option to walk alone with others and then meet others along the path. Um, one couple that we met was from England and they had met on the path um, about 30 years prior. And so it was really cool to hear their stories um, about traveling and their experiences together. And then during this week, we had lots of time to play games with uh, our group and spend time with each other, playing various card games, um, including signs, heads up, uh, where we convinced Bri Byron to play with us and uh, 
some other board games. Um, this time was really great bonding experience and a great way to end the, the trip off for, the, um, for our group. And our final activity that we did as a group was two-person kayaking, which um, started off with a water slide that you'd slide down in the kayak with into the river, and it just got everyone soaked to start off the ride. Pretty great way. And then um, along our um, navigating the river, there were about a couple groups of like hundreds of kids in each group that were also kayaking down the river. So we had to navigate through these kids and then some rapids. Um, and then you just like go around a bend and be some vast mountains to look at. And it was just um, a great experience to end the trip. <clears throat> And then we spent the last day in Madrid before coming back. <clears throat> and then overall, we had an amazing experience in Spain, um, learning about the unique cultures of different parts of the country, enjoying the slower pace of the country as a whole, um, tasting great foods, meeting new people, and learning so much about ourselves and each other. My name is Becca Boone, and I'm a senior here at EMU. And Ashley and I got to be a part of the Second Spain Cross-Cultural. This past summer, I had the amazing opportunity to be a part of the three-week Spain Cross-Cultural. I've been looking forward to my cross-cultural experience ever since I decided to come to EMU. And let me tell you, everyone that hasn't traveled for their cross-cultural experience yet is going to be a time of your life. Over the three and a half, four weeks, we got to see all that Spain had to offer. We started and ended our trip in Madrid and stayed with our host families in Valencia for the majority of our stay. There we had a handful of moments that I will never forget and there are a few that I would like to share. Aside from attending our daily Spanish classes, we were able to explore in our free time, especially on the weekends. Half of our group got to, sorry, half of our group got to attend a traditional bullfight the first weekend we were in Valencia. Part of me was intrigued to see what this long Spanish tradition was all about, and to this day, I'm still trying to put all my feelings together and figure out what I witnessed. The second week, um, six of us got the energy to wake up at 5.30 in the morning and walk to school to catch a bus together to go to the beach for the sunrise. That day was by far my favorite. Having the time to take in God's beautiful creation on the complete opposite side of the world was a day I will never forget. We all sat on our towels and our stress from the week just seemed to float away. The sunrise was beautiful, and for the first time, I didn't have to worry about the heat, and we could actually enjoy the beach without burning to a crisp. At that point in the trip, I had one of my many aha moments, and here I was in Spain, and for the first time, I had ever been out of the country, making new friends, new memories that will last a lifetime. I never imagined going to Spain. Being a senior, two of my cross-culturals had been canceled because of COVID, and everything else, God has a plan, and I wasn't meant to go on those trips. I look back knowing all the things I got to experience, see, and the bonds that were created in three short weeks. I would not change it for the world, and I wish I could go back and experience so many more things with each and every one that I was part of that amazing experience. Hi, I'm Ashley, and I'm a junior. And this summer, I had the amazing opportunity to go to Spain with an amazing group. We had highs, we had lows, we learned a lot, we laughed a lot, and if you're me, you cried a lot. So let me tell you about the lows first, and we'll end on a high note. For starters, the heat. 
I've done my structural burn in my full structural gear in August, and that was a breeze compared to the Valencian heat. I mean, we were sleeping in pools of sweat. Another low was that was just the overall and overwhelming cultural shock. I thought I knew Spanish before this trip. <clears throat> I did not. Uh, but more than that, I learned how much further I have to go, how much more I get to learn now. It's, it's a good thing, right? There's a great opportunity to learn more. It had been three years since I had left the US. Thanks, COVID. And it showed. The outlets were different. The snacks were different. The grocery stores were different. And I didn't know how to navigate them. I learned quickly. But, you know, there was a lot that was different. Perhaps my lowest low was that first day of class. I think it all just got to me. My adrenaline had cooled down. I was dehydrated, sleep deprived, uh, cultural shocked out of my mind, doubting if I was actually bilingual. And then <laughs> we started talking about abortion in class. May I remind you that Roe v. Wade had just been overturned before we left? And so, it all came crashing down, and so did I, and I ran out of class crying. My poor classmates had to explain to my very confused teacher why. <laughs> that being said, I had some really great highs as well. That very same day, we found our safe haven, burritos. It was the Mexican place near school that we visited every Monday. It was kind of like Chipotle, but like way better. I also got to make new friends and grow stronger with the pre-existing friendships I had before the trip, especially the quad squad, which would be Becca, Julie, Jasmine, myself, and Balin. Jasmine has a special place in my heart, however, because <clears throat> she taught me more than I learned in class. Pero está bien, está bien. And it's also está bien, not es bien. Jasmine had to correct me a bunch of times. but. As for my highest highs, there's two. Becca already touched on that perfect 30,000 step day. It started, for me at least, at 4.30 to take a shower to wake myself up. But from seeing the sunrise, going to two museums, uh, finding a gluten-free bakery for Julie, that was great, it was the perfect day. I, I would go back and redo it all over again and hit each and every one of those 30,000 steps. My other favorite moment, however, was just a few minutes, not even the whole day. We had gone paddle boarding, and your girl was struggling to get on that board. Everybody else got the hang of it in five minutes. I got the hang of it after 15. But as soon as I did, I thought maybe I could get on my knees, and I fell again. Um, <laughs> but I got back up on the board, and just allowed myself to relax. The waves were not perfect for paddleboarding, but they were perfect for relaxing and reflecting. And ironically enough, despite being four or 5,000 miles away from home, I felt right at home. It was very peaceful. So while our trip wasn't all that long, it was only four weeks, it was a very intense, life-changing month. And I'm glad to have grown closer with my friends, meet so many amazing people from around the world, and to discover more about myself. I journaled every day because there was just so much to do all of the time. And so, for those of you who haven't been on your intercultural 
experience yet, and you're planning on going somewhere that speaks Spanish, start paying attention in your Spanish classes now. As my good buddy Trey always tells me, the, the secret to getting ahead is getting started. Good morning, students. My name is Debbie DeGenero, and I'm the teacher who led the local cross-cultural this summer during May. Um, for this cross-cultural, we were focusing on some of the diversity and foreign realities that are located right here in uh, the Shenandoah Valley and in Harrisonburg specifically. At EMU, we believe that intercultural skills and a global awareness is really, really important. And so as you can see, uh, this is a beautiful picture of Ashton. Uh, this is at the Museum of Frontier Culture in Stanton. And here are a couple of the reasons why we put so much energy and resources at EMU into these programs, including the last one, which is my favorite, which is to contribute to a more just and sane society. Part of the class included uh, a space for students to do things, to pick from like a menu for things that they were interested in. And so you can see on the screen some of the kinds of options that they had. Students were hiking in the local national forest. They were taking photos of the farms and, and um, murals and things in the towns of historical monuments like the Turner Ashby Monument just over here by JMU. Uh, this particular photo is of a bat mitzvah, which is a Jewish ceremony. And some of our students had a chance to go to the Jewish temple across town and the synagogue and experience uh, this particular bat mitzvah. One of the things with cross-cultural work that we always have to be aware of is the presence of our expectations and assumptions, even when they're invisible. I'm showing this slide because it makes me laugh and also because I feel like it um, is a kind of a symbolic depiction of uh, the way that our invisible expectations can become visible. This is something that often doesn't happen unless we're in a cross-cultural context, which can lead to conflict, but it can also lead to um, more expansive thinking, more creativity, and more conversation. So we were specifically focusing on three historical groups from this area. The first one is Mennonites and Brethren in the Valley. The second one is African Americans. And the third one is recent arrivals. Uh, like, so this would be immigrants who have come to this particular community in, say, the last 50 years. During the week when we were focused on Mennonites and Brethren, we did a driving tour of Old Order Country, which is just south of here, around the Hinton area. And one of the highlights was a really spectacular peanut butter cream pie. We also did a day at the Brethren Mennonite Heritage Museum, which is just a couple miles away over by the um, Harrisonburg High School. In this picture, we had a woman from the community talking about some of the traditional life ways and practices of Mennonites and Brethren around the time of the Civil War, including um, herbal medicine and the way that different plants are used for their healing properties. We had another woman, a local farmer, come and talk to us about farming and particularly butchering animals and how meat was prepared during that time. She even let us do some um, 
participation in that. And so in this picture, you're seeing a couple of your classmates actually butchering quail and processing them, going through the process of plucking the animal, scalding, plucking the animals. And then we ended up um, eating the animals with a sampler dinner that was uh, looking at different traditional foods from this tradition, mashed potatoes, bread and apple butter, pickles, sauerkraut, and also some quail. During the week when we were focused on the African-American experience in this community, we went to the Lincoln House, which is an old home just about seven miles from here that was built um, in the year 1800 by uh, President Lincoln's grandfather. And it's currently owned by a, a woman who works here on campus. She took us around to see her home. It was formerly a plantation. It included a main house as well as quarters that housed the people who had been enslaved. There's also a cemetery there that includes um, Lincoln, five generation of Lincolns, as well as some of the staff who worked for them. This was a pretty profound experience. It was difficult for us to be on the site of a real plantation a plantation where people had been held in bondage. Um, to me, it was also a time travel device where we were able to step back into the past and walk into a home where people have walked and lived actually since the time of the American Revolutionary War. After that, we went to the Zenda site, which is a community that was built for African-Americans immediately after the Civil War ended. And that's about 10 miles uh, north east of here as well. Also a very moving experience. In the week when we focused on new immigrants and recent arrivals, our class took a trip to a local um, restaurant and store that's run by a family from Central America. And we had the opportunities to make pupusas with our own hands and roast them. And then we got to eat them together as well as hear the stories of, of the family and their experiences with migration here. I wanted to conclude with a couple of student learnings and reflections. Uh, you can read it um, here, and also this image was taken from inside a buggy shop. You know those buggies, the old order buggies that you might see around here, especially south of town? There's a fellow who builds those, and so we got to visit his shop and um, hear his work. Another student said, growing up as a mixed child, it was sometimes hard for me to connect with people because some people tend to assume things about my race. Being able to talk openly about my own history and hear other people's history made me grow in perspective. One of the activities we did was to write a thank you note or to write a message to our ancestors. You can see what this student wanted her ancestors, ancestors to know. One of the things that was really meaningful about this cross-cultural is that the students had a chance to develop more of a sense of having a people and being a part of a specific ethnic heritage, not just lost in this big salad or melting pot of the United States, but coming from a specific family who has a specific culture and a specific story. During our time together, students also added nuance to what they knew and what they learned about our history as a nation, as a region, as a, as a state, and as a very specific location. 
This student said, to be quite honest, I felt like I benefited much more from this experience than I would have from going to another country. Learning about these populations strengthens my knowledge about this community, and I'm beyond grateful for that. So I think it was a good experience for the students and for me, and hopefully it helped all of us to learn how we can live better in this reality that is, that is at once very global and also very local. Thanks. Good morning. Uh, my name is Rain Robinson. I'm Aliyah Haggard. And we're both seniors, and we went to Ghana this summer. So at first, going to Ghana for three weeks seemed like a lot of time, but man, did it fly by. It felt like we had landed, gotten off the plane, and then next thing you know, we were boarding to come home. But this trip was a great experience, and I'm grateful for the opportunity we were given to go to Ghana and learn all about the culture. So one of the main things we did, like we attended lectures at the University of Ghana. So we learned about the slave trade, like mental health, theater and dance, waste management, and more. So I will say like some of the material we learned about was a bit heavy, but it was still good to learn about. I personally appreciated how we heard about the slave trade from an African-American perspective a lot because I felt that viewpoint isn't really focused on when we learn it as we grow up in school. Uh, religion is also a very key part of the African culture. So there's the traditional one, Islam and Christianity. Those are the three main religions. And the role of ancestors is also crucial. Crucial, sorry. Along with religion, community and collectivism are two things that are emphasized in Ghana. They are constantly thinking about other people. So basically, without community, you don't really exist. It was definitely fun to travel to different cities. We went to three different cities. We started in Accra, then went to Kumasi, and then Cape Coast. I will say that you couldn't pay me like any amount of money to drive there. It's like super busy. They're like aggressive drivers, yet you never saw like an accident at all. I'd be lying if I said that I didn't feel things, emotions such as like anger and sadness throughout this trip. You know, emotions arose with different parts of the trip, especially when talking about slavery. That's a very heavy topic and seeing like the slave castles where they were kept, you know, they were treated so unfairly, uh, punished and endured so much. And I think it's so important for us to acknowledge these things and continue to educate ourselves with their history. We even got to go down to the river and touch the water where the slaves like took their first and last baths, and for me personally, that was a lot to take in. And in the last um, city we went to, Cape Coast, we were able to see an ocean a lot, and most times I feel like we have a positive association with the ocean, but for me, I couldn't help think, um, you know, wow, this is the water that took our ancestors, you know, they came here where their bodies lied, they had no idea what was in store for them. So one thing a tour guide said that stuck with me was that he believes that slavery hasn't been abolished, that it's just been translated and shaped into more modern day things, and it just really made me sit and think for a while. And so we all know the famous drink mimosas, right? So there's a famous mimosa plant, which was later named the destiny plant, and the ancestors used it so they would know whether or not it was safe to come out, like if people were near, and whether or not it would be a good day. So all they had to do was like simply just touch it, and if like the leaves went down, they knew it was like not safe to go out. And so there was just a lot of different things we did on the trip. And um, I was just so fascinated about the mental health aspect because that's the field I want to go into. So um, just a little bit about that, about like 13% of like Ghana's population is affected by mental health disorders and it's a very like neglected area. So just think about the amount of people who haven't been diagnosed. Um, and they too experience a stigma with mental health like we have here in the US. Um, I was happy to find out that they have a new and progressive mental health bill that was passed in 2012. 
and that all services there are technically free. And there's two main models of treatment. They have a medical and a spiritual one. Obviously, the spiritual one has less stigma and focuses more of like connecting your physical body and spirituality to the physical world. And then, of course, they have institutional care. And as far as food goes, I feel like me and Aaliyah eat more like jollof rice than we can like remember. Uh, their lunch is like their big meal, so they have like super big portions, and we ate a lot of plantains. I think my favorite dish we had was called like fufu. It has like soup and like a white round piece of bread made from like cassava, um, also known as yuca. And so the way you're supposed to eat it is you're supposed to like pinch some of it off and then just like dip it in the soup and eat it. I will say they also have like more spices and things incorporated in their food, more so than like condiments than we have like here. And their chocolate, I would say, is definitely different because it has more real cocoa in it. Um, also, we got to work with kids, like we visited a children's home, got to speak with them. They were really sweet and just curious to know what our lives were like in America. Uh, we got to volunteer at this place called Glona, where kids go after school, and they mainly just work on their homework and practice what they learned in school. And we also taught them how to play Uno, which was really cool. Um, they're so eager to learn and just really brightened up our days. Um, I will say another cool part is going to the markets, just seeing like all the different things that people um, made and stuff like that. Like We even got like stoles like for graduation um that say from ghana and like all of the threads and things i think you guys saw in the pictures like it's so precise and time consuming but the results are really beautiful uh we also had a dance lesson it was just really nice to see all of the people performing just soaking all that in feeling the music just seeing so much black joy really just warmed our hearts um yeah we also got to visit a chief's palace a former president's house chat with young scholars and that um Something I thought was cool that they have names for like everyone for each day of the week. So me and Aaliyah were both born on Saturdays, so it's like Ama. So I got it like on a bracelet. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, and then overall, I would say the trip was an experience that we'll cherish forever. Um, I feel like with the mental health aspect, the hospital, just hearing how their field is growing, it made me realize that I personally want to help. So maybe like volunteering there every few months, just making a positive impact. So I think this trip just helped us to appreciate the things that we have a lot more as we take so much for granted here. Um, and just going on this trip really enlightened me on how we still have a lot to learn when it comes to learning about history and being culturally sensitive and white fragility. But we just have to be willing to learn and communicate with one another. So I encourage each of you to be more appreciative of the things you have and I hope you guys want to experience Ghana one day for yourselves. Thank you. Thank you all for uh, all sharing in your reflections uh, and helping us have a better understanding of the kinds of experiences that um, you might have when you do an intercultural uh, program. So we're going to take uh, a moment to look at the photos again, stay in your seats, and then we'll have some announcements after we look at the photos. Hey everyone, thanks so much for coming today and thanks especially to our presenters who shared a little bit of their experience and helped us get a glimpse of what they were able to do this summer. Um, and now we're gonna move into a time of campus announcements. We have a pretty full end of the week and weekend. Um, this evening at 9.30 we have the first hymn sing of the year, so if that's your thing, definitely come out to that. Um, and then looking forward to um, tomorrow night, um, 
there is an interfaith dinner conversation uh, in the um, in the cafeteria in one of the dining rooms. Um, this is open to anybody who wants to discuss where their faith journey comes from and goes towards. Um, and if you don't have a meal plan, then a meal ticket will be provided for you. And also Friday night, we have the opening of the outdoor basketball courts, uh, and that will be an event for everyone to enjoy, community members, students, um, and then also we have the commuter lunch, the $2 commuter lunch, which I know is really important to some people. Um, and then on Saturday, we have several different sporting events between the soccer teams and the volleyball team. Uh, so yeah, we wish you all good luck in your competitions. Uh, and Saturday night, we have salsa dancing lessons. Uh, that is sure to be a really fun time, so I hope you can all make it out to that. Thanks so much for coming.